Well, thanks for your welcome. It's lovely to be able to join with you in worship this morning and giving thanks to God for his goodness to you as a church. I'm going to read now. We're going to read from the word of God, from John's gospel. Uh, John is the fourth book in the bit of the Bible that's referred to as the New Testament after Matthew, Mark and Luke, the book of John. And we're looking at chapter 10, John chapter 10. And the first 21 verses. John chapter 10 and verse 1. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, They will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon 
open the eyes of the blind. We're going to sing before just to mention that the the creche and uh, children's group are starting now, um, but we're going to sing the Lord's My Shepherd. comes to mind when you think about shepherd? When I think about a shepherd, what comes to mind is fairly obvious. Sheep. There wouldn't be a shepherd without a sheep. 
So our title for this morning as we think about John chapter 10 is that it's all about the sheep for Jesus. That's an encouraging thing to think about at any time. It's great to be able to begin the week thinking about that. It's all about the sheep for Jesus. So first of all this morning we've got two points. The first one, the shepherd focuses on his sheep. When you go through The days of this week, maybe tomorrow morning, maybe halfway through the day on a Monday. Maybe it'll be a difficult day, a challenging day. Remind yourself of that truth. Whatever else you remember or don't remember about this morning's service, remember that Jesus Christ, the shepherd, the shepherd, focuses on his sheep. That's a tremendously comforting thought. So take that with you into the week and remind yourself of it. The Lord Jesus Christ, John, makes absolutely clear throughout this gospel that he has written. He's got all authority. He begins his gospel by telling us that Jesus is the one who spoke the whole universe into being. Without Jesus, nothing has been made that has been made. Nothing was made that has been made. He is the living word. He speaks and things come into being. He gives life. John makes it clear in the bit we've just read that Jesus has authority to lay down his life and to take it up again. None of us have that authority here this morning. That was a unique authority that Jesus Christ had because of who he is. But this great God-man focuses on his sheep. That's tremendous. Jesus says in verse 14 and 15, and really we'll use these two verses to open up these words. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I know my sheep, says Jesus. What does that mean? Verse 3 gives us a bit of an insight into that. It says there in the second half of the verse, he calls his own sheep by name. He calls his own sheep by name. Jesus knows his sheep. He knows you by name. That doesn't just mean he knows I'm Matt. It's much deeper than that. In our lounge at home, where we live in North Wales, we have two guinea pigs. They're not totally free range. They are penned in. They don't have a roof. They have names. One's called Frank. The other one's called Murr. We didn't name them. They were named before we had them. But we know their names And Frank and Murr look very different. Murr's very fluffy and hairy. Murr's 
sorry, I've got that the wrong way around. Murr's very fluffy and hairy. Frank's short ahead. His eyes are closer together. He's timid. Murr's very brave. He goes face to face with the dog and doesn't back away, whereas Frank, I sneeze and he scuttles away. We even know their squeaks. We know then it's Frank squeaking or Murr squeaking because they have different squeaks. We we know something of these guinea pigs. When Jesus says that he knows us by name, it goes even deeper than our knowledge of our guinea pigs, Frank and Murr. He knows your character intimately, closely. He knows your desires, what it is that gets you excited and interested. He knows you so intimately. When I was thinking about what to speak on this morning, I nearly went for Psalm 139. If you read through that psalm, there's a wonderful knownness of the person who's writing that psalm, David, who is the king. Really, it's speaking about the Lord Jesus ultimately and how he is known by his father. And verse 15 that I've already read tells us that Jesus knows us as deeply as his father knows him. So I encourage you to read through Psalm 139, not now, but in the light of that. But you all have friendships, relationships, probably with people, or you will have, who know you very closely. This should be the case within a marriage, a husband and a wife. And when certain things happen, maybe a piece of news is received, or you've just got that look, they know what to do and what to say. They know when it's a time just to listen and say nothing. They know when it's a time to go and put the kettle on and make a cup of tea, or to give you a hug, or not to give you a hug, and suddenly not to speak. They know the right time, perhaps, to challenge you about something. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, focuses on his sheep and he knows you closely, intimately. Nothing is hidden from his sight. He's the doctor with perfect knowledge of his patient and who has perfect knowledge of what to do and never gets anything wrong, never prescribes anything wrong, never diagnoses anything wrong, always follows the right course of action. And Jesus, he's never caught playing catch-up. Oh, I didn't think they'd react like that. I didn't think that would happen. He knows you. Now, I hardly know any of you. But maybe you've got a stubborn 
streak. Tendency to feel sorry for yourself. You have struggles, perhaps with particular sins. Maybe you're afraid of things. You have doubts about things. He knows. Because he knows you intimately. He knows you by name and that means he knows everything about you. So don't hide or pretend in front of this good shepherd. When we pray, there should be an openness in our praying. We come to our Heavenly Father in the name of this good shepherd. He knows everything about us. And yet we can perhaps want to keep things back from him because we think he can't handle it. When we read chapters like this chapter in the Bible, he knows us. And it's an encouragement, really, it's a license to us to, to tell him it as it is. To pour out our hearts before him, to, to hold nothing back. Another thing we can tend to do is we can often sit and compare ourselves with somebody else. Well, I'm not doing as well as that person. Or I wish I was as good at that as that person. I wish I had their strength of character and faith. This good shepherd cares for all of his sheep, but he cares for you individually and he doesn't compare you with other sheep. He knows you and he loves you and he has a heart for you. Now, what I've said so far, you may just think, well, that's a bit overwhelming. You mean there's this, this person in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, who knows everything about me, knows my heart, knows my weaknesses and my strengths. Nothing's hidden from him. That's, that's a bit overwhelming. It's a bit frightening. But he's good. When we start to learn something of the character of this shepherd, there may be times when it overwhelms us. But at the same time, we need to understand that all of his intentions towards us are good. He's the good shepherd. That's how he is revealed here. That's how he speaks of himself. And he shows it. He's contrasted in these uh, verses with thieves and robbers. Perhaps pretend shepherds. But ultimately, these other shepherds, they're in it for themselves. So when it comes down to it, the sheep don't matter. Their reputation matters. Their wallet matters. Their name matters. Popularity matters. Now this is, I'll pause here for a moment, because this is a challenge to the leaders of this church, perhaps particularly. But 
probably most people in the room will have some leadership responsibility in the home, in the workplace, even within family life as a child. You have the opportunity to serve and to help. Jesus is the committed shepherd. He's not in it for himself, his own reputation. He's in it for his sheep to serve others. How committed is Jesus to his sheep, whom he loves, whom he knows, who he focuses on? How do I know he's good ultimately? You say he's good, but how do I know he's good? Because he laid down his life for his sheep. There's the proof, isn't it? How do I know Jesus is the good shepherd? This is all a bit overwhelming. He knows me intimately. But he's good. Because he gave himself for his sheep. When we think about the greatness of Jesus, already referred to him as John refers to him right at the beginning of this book. John takes us back to the very beginning. Creation. In the beginning, God. John says, this Lord Jesus is the in the beginning God. We see his power in John's Gospel. The very next chapter, we, John records how he walks up to a grave. Somebody's been buried for four days. They're starting to smell. And he says something that is, would seem, for any of the rest of us, utterly foolish. Lazarus, come out. A man called Lazarus who'd been buried there. It was the fourth day came out. How does Jesus use this greatness and power and authority over absolutely everything? Well, he uses it to go to the cross and to die for his sheep, laying down his life. These other shepherds who were, don't really care for the sheep when it comes to it, these hired hands, they don't own the sheep, they're not like Jesus. Jesus willingly died, allowed himself to be led, bound, taken outside of the city of Jerusalem with all that that pictured about him being cursed by God. And dying for his sheep. As you think about this shepherd this morning, trust in this Lord Jesus, then get hold of how dear and precious you are to him. That he was willing to lay down his life. When Jesus talks about the, the hired hand, this shepherd who's just there 
for the money. When the wolf comes, they run away and leave the sheep to save themselves and the sheep are scattered. Jesus is never going to do that because he focuses on his sheep. He knows you by name and he'll lose none of his sheep. He'll never let one of his sheep be taken. That's a wonderful thought this morning. Some of you here have been Christians for a long time. I know that because I remember you here when I was here as a student, and that was a long time ago. Some of you have been Christians probably for a very short time. And you'll face many ups and downs in life. But this good shepherd keeps his sheep. He keeps them. He'll never let one be taken. Your relationship with Jesus is as secure as his relationship with his Father in heaven. The shepherd focuses on his sheep. The second point, I said there were two and only two. It's probably going to be pretty obvious what it is. The sheep focus on their shepherd. When you go out and look at sheep, to be fair, most of their focus is just on the ground right in front of them, on the grass or whatever it is they're eating. But they do have an ear for the shepherds. They listen to the shepherd's voice. And the same way as with Jesus knowing his sheep being a deep thing, Your focus on the shepherd is and needs to be a deep and a deepening thing. Because again, verses 14 and 15, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. There it is, the second half, my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. So Jesus' knowing of you is compared to his father knowing him and your knowing of Jesus is compared to his knowing of his father. It's quite staggering really, isn't it? The depth of that relationship. What is this focus on the shepherd like? What is this knowing Jesus like? Well, the key thing seems to be being highlighted here is that it involves hearing his voice. Verses 4 to 6 talks about knowing his voice, never following a stranger, because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I remember somebody once asking the question. Anyways, I'd love to throw this open, but I won't. Um, Here's the question. 
Are sheep sheep because they hear Jesus' voice? Or do we... I've got it wrong, sorry. Just bear with me. (laughs) Are we sheep because we hear his voice? Or do we hear his voice because we're sheep? How would you answer that question? I think the answer is yes, sort of. (laughs) Are we sheep because we hear his voice? Or do we hear his voice because we are sheep? It's a kind of yes to both. But John has made it absolutely clear, really from the start, but certainly in chapter 3, that you can never hear the voice of Jesus unless you're one of his sheep, because you need a new heart. You need to be born again. He talks, he goes on, John, and gives examples of people who are blind being given sight by Jesus. Literally blind and given sight. But that pictures our hearts. Only Jesus' sheep can hear his voice. But you can never be a sheep if you don't hear his voice. That's one of the signs that you are a sheep, is that you hear, you listen, and you keep coming back. Maybe you'll wander away for a bit, and maybe we'll get into some of that, but you'll come back and you'll hear his voice. This is actually a grounds for encouraging us this morning. Maybe one of the things you struggle with in day-to-day life, being a Christian, a follower of Jesus, is actually knowing if you are a Christian. Well, there's a question. Do you hear his voice? You might say, well, yes, I do. I like to, to come and listen to the Lord Jesus. I, I do trust him. I do love him. Well, I I would encourage you not to flatter yourself too much because actually you would never hear his voice unless he had done a powerful work in your heart because we are blinded by our sin. Maybe that's uh, your situation this morning and it's, it's not flattering what the Bible says about us. It says that in and of ourselves, we're dead lifeless. It would be like standing up here preaching to a whole load of corpses. A man called Ezekiel has to do that. But the Lord gives life, eyesight, hearing, to hear his voice. So if you hear his voice, And that's a good sign that you have life in his name. These words are also encouraging and comforting for anyone who's involved in pastoring, shepherding, eldering, not sure that's a word, parenting, teaching of any kind. 
Because you must take it seriously. When we think about everything that's been said about the shepherd and his focus on his sheep and his commitment to his sheep, that's a massive challenge thrown out to the elders of this church, particularly this morning, but thrown out to parents. But the second half gives balance. It's actually freeing in a way because it's a comfort to know that the sheep hear his voice. I'm trying to explain this, why it's a comfort. As a parent here this morning, and I can see children as well, so there must be parents, you teach your children. And one of the things you'll talk to them about is listening to the shepherd's voice, Jesus Christ. And you'll pray for your children. But ultimately, you've got to go to sleep sometimes. You've got to send them out of the house. Maybe there'll come a time where they'll leave. They'll go to university. They'll go and do a job. They'll get married. They'll go and travel somewhere. They go out socialising. It's a tremendous comfort to know that if they're his and they belong to the Good Shepherd, they will hear his voice. Now you teach them about his voice, you give them warnings and perhaps warn them about things not to do. But you have to leave them as well, don't you? And these verses tell us that when they perhaps go online and they hear some dodgy preacher that you think, oh, they shouldn't be listening to that. They're not going to listen to a stranger's voice if they belong to the good shepherd. I just want to be clear here. I'm not saying we just, oh, that doesn't matter, we don't care. We do teach, we do explain, we do warn. But we trust as well. This ensures balance. It ensures that we, we don't, we actually can go to sleep at night trusting in the Lord because his sheep hear his voice. That gives us hope for those perhaps, and maybe you've been in this sad situation. Maybe there's been people in the life of this church. They've come into membership of the church. They've perhaps given their testimony. And they're no longer walking with the Lord. Well, if they are his sheep, they will hear his voice. It gives us hope to carry on praying for them, pleading that they would hear the voice of Jesus. Because actually, he is more concerned about his sheep than even the most concerned parent and pastor, elder. What about when you don't like Jesus' voice? I say, well, I've never been in that situation. Well, I think you probably have. I don't like that particular verse, because actually, I'm drawn to that sin. I'm attracted to that person. But I know Jesus says no. I don't like that. 
we are perhaps called to do something. You can, you know that the Lord is leading you down a particular path and it's scary and you don't like his voice. I mentioned the dog. We have a dog called Gwen. And a few times we've had to take her to the vets and we had a run of, I think, two or three times in a row of her going to the vet. She ended up having to have general anaesthetic and having an operation. She's pretty clever. She's a border collie. So the next time pulled up near the vets, she's not getting out of the car because she knows. But it's good for her, isn't it? If she doesn't go to the vets and have this thing, and I think in that case it was something with a paw, And no matter how sweetly my wife tried to speak to her, she didn't like her voice at that particular moment. But it was for her good. That's where we come back to thinking about Jesus' character. He's the good shepherd. Think about the cross. Think back to everything in the first half of the message. His knowledge of us. He knows, and he's good, and all of his intentions are good. And he's actually far more concerned about you than even you are concerned about yourself for your eternal good. Even when it goes against our desires. What about trials? What about when Jesus leads us into a trial, into a difficulty? Surely you can't say, well, he's good then. Well, there's, we can't always, well, we very often can't draw a straight line and we should be slow in giving easy answers about, well, this is happening to you because. But we never move away from the fact that he is the good shepherd. And it's sometimes only in trials that we grow in particular ways and learn particular things. Somebody speaking to me some time ago, somebody I knew very, very well who's gone to be with the Lord, in the run-up to their death, they were knowing terrible pain and discomfort and they talked about how they turned their eyes upon Jesus. They thought about his miracles, how he spoke to people, how he dealt with people. They just filled their thoughts with, oh, what is Jesus like? Let me think about him. Let's go through some of the stories of what he did, what he said. And found it a tremendous comfort because he is good. But we need to close. Verse 15. Jesus compares his knowledge of us and our knowledge of him with how the Father knows him and he knows the Father. This comes out even more clearly a couple of chapters on in John chapter 15 and verse 9. As the Father has loved me, 
so have I loved you. Whenever I read that verse, I have to read it again just to check it says what it says. Because I haven't got time this morning, but how has the Father loved the Son? There's, there's never been a time when the Father hasn't loved the Son. How would you even begin to measure the love of the Father for the Son? How deep it is, how wide it is, how high it is, how all-encompassing it is, how it embraces everything, and it's, it's never not been. And Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. These verses give us an encouragement to keep going. An encouragement to tell others about this good shepherd. Been encouraged to give out Christmas booklets, leaflets, telling people about this good shepherd, knowing that there are sheep out there who will be gathered. Is this shepherd the Lord Jesus Christ? Your shepherd, have you heard his voice and come to him to have your sins forgiven, to have life? There is no other shepherd like the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about the sheep for Jesus. I'm going to close by singing, How sweet the name of Jesus sounds. Is the ever so